RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. What a crazy weekend it's been, Frank. Crazy weekend it is. It is so fall up here. It's unreal. Is it? What is the what is the time? Right now, it's overcast. It is windy. Uh, and I think it at, at most, it should be 57 degrees at most. Let's see. At, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I shut off my background. You can't see, but it, it is definitely gray and cloudy in this window over here to my right. Um, I see. Well, I see a glow coming from the window. It's definitely not sunlight, though. No. So I, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 yuck. I um finally, you know, after we did the we did the live show on Wednesday because we had everybody gone, right? Because of the hurricane in Florida. They're back today, I'm assuming. I haven't gotten a message otherwise. <laughs> anyway, um and we did video and we had a, a an interesting happenstance with our backgrounds. Now, your background, the ambiance is beautiful. You have Christmas lights, a drum set. It's warm and cozy. I'm sitting in like an institutional office. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's something that can get dolled up pretty quick, very quick, with just a little effort. So that's not too bad. Well, I mean, not not necessarily, because what am I going to do? Like, what would you do in here? Well, it, well, first thing we got to do is we have to semi match each other. How are we going to do that? Well, well, there's ways of of covering up that window. The window could be covered up. Curtains. Yeah, nice, a uh, nice curtain, uh, black velvet, some kind of velvet. I, I don't know. I wonder how the landlord would feel about that. <laughs> well, I mean, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it, it, it could be put up on a stand. It doesn't have to be permanent or anything like that. It could be something that's assembled or just, just opened up, you know, like a projector screen. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, uh, so I'll, something like that. We're going to have, I'm going to have to work on it. But the good news is this. We, we've we decided collectively after the absolutely amazing feedback we got on Wednesday that we are going to actually do this show for people who like, not you guys that are listening right now, honestly, because I found and tell me if, if I'm wrong, Frank, that people that listen to podcast don't watch it and people that watch it won't listen. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is, so I, I uh, always suggested and uh, after a while, you know, we're just getting our bearings and seeing what works and all that. And I'm glad that we're getting back around to this, that we should record the this, the afternoon podcast upload live so that those who actually prefer um, prefer live interactive shows could be able to do that live. Those who prefer podcasts, they just they just always prefer that. So I don't think that you'd really be impacting one set or the other. We'd be opening it up to new people. And also covering ground for new time zones, too. I mean, there's plenty of people that maybe never had a chance to listen to us and or or have few chances to listen to American shows in Europe because most of them go live in in the afternoon, which means late They're afternoon, sleeping. nighttime. For, yeah. So I think it'd be great. Yeah, so we're going to do this show live in the morning and it, everything will remain the same as far as the audio podcast goes. Well, we're going to starting on the 17th, which is Monday, the 17th. We're going to be doing the show live in the morning every day at 830. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 830. The only time I'm going to say I don't think we'll be able to do live is when one of us are traveling 
Like if I'm traveling and I'm in the car driving to wherever, we can't do it. Or if we have like pre-ranged trips, like for example, this weekend, this week you have Wednesday and Friday off, right? I Yeah, Wednesday and Friday, I'm not in town. Yeah, so this weekend is Wednesday and Friday. I'm doing the show alone. I wouldn't go live by myself. Unless I could find someone to co-host with me, I wouldn't do it. It's just not fun for me. Um, and then the 10th and the 12th, the 10th, we're not going to have, I'm not going to be on the show because I'm driving to Tennessee for a very special event, which I will share with you guys later. And then I'll be driving home from Tennessee on the 12th. And I was going to do the show from Wendy's house, who I'm staying with, and then leave after the show. So it'd be a little weird to do it that way too. Cause I wouldn't yeah. have, you know, so those, there's going to be some times, but we'll warn everybody in advance. You know? That's good. Either way, it doesn't matter. Even if a little is more than what we had. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, but we, we got great feedback. So there's some show business before we start the actual show. We are five weeks away from the midterms, Frank. Five. I know. And to think that to think that this was once two years away. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I know. And it's, it's gone relatively quickly, probably because of all the trauma. <laughs> not nonstop punch drunk way of living. Yes, absolutely terrible. So there's a whole bunch of stuff before we get into serious stuff. Did you happen to catch this commercial of the Fort Worth Police Department recruiting? No, No, what happened? They, They did this training video or recruitment video, but they did it in the style of an old 80s, like used car salesman commercial that sounds interesting and at the end it's really good like like maybe i'll just maybe i'll just i maybe i'll just play it i don't it's hard to tell what it looks like without um without seeing it but here it's it's funny here we go watch till the end because at the end i'll tell you what happens but listen here it is well hi there folks officer big b here Are you looking for a new job? Are you ready to try something new that'll make a difference and doing something really great? Well, come join us here at the Fort Worth Police Department. We're hiring and we got it all. We got your patrol vehicles. We got your explorers. We got your Tahoes. And we even got your F-150 responders. Say what? So (laughs) there's one single balloon on each of these cars. If you... (laughs) It sounds very old school. So this whole... This whole video is just, it's them. You can't see it because of the blur, but let me take that off. The whole video is them um, going through, like, introducing all the cars and, like, features they have. It's, it's like this. And at the end, there's an officer standing there, and he does the wavy man. Like, like you know how they have those, those like, me, like those inflatables? Uh, yeah. the, the inflatable wacky, uh, you know. yeah. Wacky spaghetti arm guys. Yeah. yeah hey, wait. Hold on. Here we go. Look at them. <laughs> oh, oh they're, they're, they're the guys themselves. That's great. So Fort Worth, they, they have at least they have some sense of humor out there. Hopefully that works for the recruitment efforts. It, I mean, why wouldn't you want to work there at that point? Obviously, you know, there's the life, you know, you could get shot or killed yeah. or whatever. But at least you know that your work environment is going to be somewhat good. Um, Incredible. Yeah. So we had a bunch of stuff happen over the weekend. I've got a couple of different clips. Did you happen to catch the Peter Strzok termination letter that came out? I, 
I read a little bits about it and, and I, and I saw some, I didn't read the whole thing, but I saw some of the highlights because it was in a forget with, which I don't know. It's probably on zero hedge or something, but no, not the whole thing. You're going to read through it. I mean, we can, it's, it's when I first read it, I was like, okay, this is actually like pretty hardcore. Um, and this is what was issued to him a couple of years ago. Yes. And this was like, it was funny to see because we've got two camps right now. We have the Durham is about to, you know, release it all and, and, you know, destroy everybody camp that thinks that all of a sudden Durham's going to start indicting Hillary Clinton, which I think is absurd. I just, right. I think it's absurd. And then there's like the realistic camp, I'll call it like us, or I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think this is you that thinks that this is pretty much it. It was basically a cover to expose stuff without having to hold anyone accountable and protect institutions. And that that's what's going on. Yeah, that's after a while, it became evident that 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 is where we were going. Not that I didn't want the other thing to happen and not that there wasn't a time where I was buzzing that all indicated it was going to happen. You know, I, I was I was getting ready to. I was getting ready to take the uh, take the, the tomato plants in and get ready for the the doom. It was going to be great, but um, but now, yeah, yeah, I, I I totally I totally see what's going on. Like letters like this, what little I saw is just seems to me like one of those. Okay, well, you're gonna get you're gonna get a couple of public lashings, so just get prepared for that, and uh, and, and we'll just move on from this old boy. What's sad is that this in the beginning, when this was first released, the the more conspiratorial among us were like, well, why would the FBI release this right now? And why would they put this into the public sphere right now? And what what about this timing? And, and then it came to light very shortly thereafter that this was released in a in a court case by Strzok himself. Because Strzok is suing the DOJ and the government for wrongful termination. The balls. Oh. So the only reason why we know this is because he was, he brought it out to the, the oh, okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So he brought it out, which makes it so much different. So I'm going to link in the show notes a thread that, um, that Harold Finch, the recovering Harold Finch, did in the library. Um, explaining his view of this, which I concur with pretty much basically saying like this is this was an attempt by the bureau and we'll read a little bit of it to basically pin all of this stuff on like one or two people to like make it seem as though they were just, you know, disgusted by the sheer politicization of Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. But how how dare you guys drag us into your little personal foray? (laughs) Yeah. We'll stop it. Like, and I'll never forget. Do you remember that clip of him in the hearing where he was like, yeah, where he's just kind of shaking his, you know, shaking his shoulders. And he just, he just knows what he, what he's a part of and how this is all just a show. And he's kind of, kind of, he's like a dog that loves getting his belly scratched. Mm -hmm. Just pretty much it. Well, Carpe Donctum, like, made a video meme out of that. And he put like the flames coming in in the background and like the scary music and, he just looked demonic. Like, that's the kind of people we're talking about here. Complete, complete, you know, lunatic, in my opinion. Um, but this is what it says. As an organization, it starts. I've reviewed the, you know, decision of ADOPR, uh, Professional Responsibility Office, following your appeal, which proposed a 60-day suspension and demotion. 
And he just goes through like what what he did. He says, um, I consider the Douglas factors drafted by the AD at the counterintelligence division. Your role is one of the most senior counterintelligence agents in the FBI. And finally, I considered the long term damage to the reputation of the FBI. While there's no doubt your 21 years of service to the organization cannot and should not be erased. <laughs> no, no, it can't be. It is difficult to fathom the repeated sustained errors of judgment you made while serving as the lead agent in two of the most high profile investigations in the country. They weren't lapses in judgment like this was purposeful behavior because nobody ever holds anyone accountable for anything. Right. So it says here, um, as an organization, we're entrusted to investigate high level public officials, regardless of party affiliation. If we ourselves show personal bias or demonstrate a lack of objectivity, that trust can be lost. Our ability to be objective, no matter which party candidate or office holder is in power, must be beyond question. Um, Candidates and office holders will come and go, but the FBI must be steadfast in its resolve to find the truth, regardless of our own personal leanings. This the more you read, the more this letter was meant to be eventually read in public. You have to assume so because you don't yeah. talk to somebody like that. That you're yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is what you do when you talk to somebody loud enough in one room because you want somebody in the other room to hear it. Right. That's perfect. So it says um, the FBI inspector general found no evidence of bias impacted any of your or the FBI's investigative actions are just like you have to make sure you thankfully everything you did thankfully everything that you did had no bearing on the rightful conclusion we reached on one thing or another (laughs) you bad boy now get out of here in short I know your repeated selfishness has called into question the, the credibility of the entire FBI oh is that is that what it is is repeated selfishness something along the lines of uh, uh, extremely careless. Is that, is, is that, can we, can we get a, a criminal charge for re- repeated selfishness? No, Frank, because no reasonable prosecutor, no reasonable prosecutor would bring right. a case like that. No, we were not going to throw him in jail. He just needs a good talking to. <laughs> As I consider all the known facts associated with the adjudication of your case, it was difficult to imagine another incident like yours, which brought so much discredit to the organization. And then I, I picture him like this. In my 23 years in the FBI, I have not seen a more impactful series of missteps, which called into question the entire organization and more thoroughly damaged the reputation of the organization. So what about Hansen? Didn't he like really hurt the FBI? Robert Hansen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Wasn't he one of the worst on uh, worst on on uh, on record? Appear- apparently, Peter Strzok blows him right out of the water. So in our role as FBI employees, we sometimes make unpopular decisions, but the public should be able to examine our work and not have to question our motives. In your adjudication, I removed all the politics, pundits, commentary and the media from reporting the decision point, which I much must address. When I strip away all the noise, I'm left with the facts and extremely damaging impact to the organization, which will take years to overcome. They never started trying. They got worse. And un- unbelievable. I, and I love uh, and I remember the what was it? The uh, what did they find? It was around. the t- It was what uh, the, uh, the the inspector general found. How many dozens of inconsistencies omissions and everything else had nothing to do with that wasn't all peter struck no that's the thing it's like Like when that guy matt taby 
Taibi, yes. Taibi, when he started really breaking it all, I remember his breakdowns the best out of that OIG report and how I said, this is, this is incredible. So how they can, how they can zero this in on Peter Strzok, slap him on the, on the wrist and say, how dare you? Thank God all of your missteps didn't pull us off track. Do, does anybody remember the OIG report? The worst part of the OIG report was when they said we found no. They And actually, it wasn't even like that. Like, I remember vaguely now, five years ago, I think it was, saying like they would keep on saying that the, um, oh, the uh, inspector general found no evidence that the bias impacted anything. But that's not exactly how he wrote it. So we would all push back and say, I don't remember exactly what it is now. It's bothering me. But there were other things. There were there were other things. And I, I like completely forgot what you had originally said. Uh, about the OIG report. Yeah. How much how much was in there? Like there were, we, I, I don't know how many dozens or okay. whatever the hell it was of omissions and, and lies. Uh, just things that show that constantly over and over again, it was a concerted group effort to distort the truth, to be able to reach a political end. Do you remember uh, Robin Gritz? Yes. She's the one that she's the one that really started. Um, she was a major, uh, not, not such a character witness. Obviously her, her situation was incredible. Her, I think she had those uh, interactions with Andy McCabe, Yep, but it was also, she was also um, very big with vouching for the, character of michael flynn right well that's because michael flynn was one of the people that wrote her you know supported her because she was being punished because she filed a complaint about sec- workplace sexual issues and mm. she was retaliated against for doing that like they came for her and then general flynn stood up and and, and helped her through it and so that's why she was saying you know she had all that information oh and that also became one of the really uh, the really obvious motives for Andy McCain uh, McCabe's disdain for Flynn. Yes, it was a big deal. It was it was, like, a, it was a big. I remember that. It's like, oh well, well, there's there's proper motive why he wanted to destroy him now. And the reason I'm bringing that up is only because we had Lisa Page and Peter Strzok who were diddling it up, like cheating on each other, right? We had Andrew McCabe, who was, you know, accused of, I think, was it Andrew McCabe that was accused of the wrongdoing? It was somebody, there's apparently a culture of this underneath the, of course, because wherever there's corruption, there seems to be like some sort of a sexual, like impropriety component to it somehow. Like either they're all going out to orgies with each other or like something weird is happening in that way too. They're all cheating on their spouses with each other. There's just a rampant culture of inappropriate behavior. Listen. I've worked with like in my former life, I was in tech and I was very young. I was in my early 20s. And that is a male dominated industry. It always has been like a male dominated industry. And there are like, you know, like like. I think women have gotten to the point where any comment by a man that they that they don't deem, you know, PC is looked at as some kind of sexual violence against them, which I think is ridiculous. Like I used to banter back and forth with the guys all the time because it's just it's just the way it is. But this went to a different level. So what I have now is and 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 feeding back into the struck stuff 
is Cash Patel on talking um, talking about these FBI whistleblowers and some things that he knows that hasn't come out yet that apparently will come out. It's a quick clip, feeds right into this. Let's listen. Include on the whistleblower stuff, but we'll stay on it. And um, I think it's going to be, you know, just an explosive topic. I don't think you've seen any real damaging information yet. And that's scary, right? Because to me, this is very damaging. But when you put it in perspective, you're going to see so much worse information. One of the other whistleblowers that came forward was on Dan Dan Bongino's show is that he literally said, wait till you see the acts of sexual complicity at the seventh floor at the FBI was engaging during this entire time. And I was the guy that exposed, you know, the Lisa Page, Peter Strzok thing, because I know how that organization at that level with the political operatives work. So there's a lot more coming. Eh. Mm. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be, it's not a surprise to me at all. Is it bad that we're at a place where that's not a surprise? Is that bad? No, I I mean, mean, yes, yes, it is because, why is that? Why is it bad? Uh, because that used to be the main driver for blackmail. That used to be the main driver. Oh, somebody had an extramarital affair. Somebody. It doesn't matter uh, anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Which is why. Which is why to blackmail people, you have to go to unthinkable places. Which is why children are 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 victimized as much as they are. Which is why I, I'm telling you, this is. Is it, it, it uh, mostly obviously we are a much different social uh, culture, social climate back 60 years ago, uh, especially when it came to things like homosexuality. But homosexuality, by and large, was uh, was illegal. Homosexuals were not able to work in sensitive government uh, uh, departments and agencies primarily because they are blackmailable. Right. And not only so, just think about, though, the, the level of societal decay we've gone through. It's just it, it, all that all that stuff that people used to just keep to themselves and didn't want to get out and would actually be in a position where if somebody did find out could be used as leverage. It's not leverage anymore. So your, your sexual proclivities and your improprieties. And uh, I mean, yeah, you're I mean, I don't know. Don't we well, have like a demonic crossdresser trans guy? As like the head of one of, he's the he's the monkey pox czar. I mean, I, I think that they're probably all cross dressing satanists, but he is actually he has been. a. I thought he was a stripper. He he has doctor in his name or something like that. When they when they they said that this guy is going to be a monkey part Dimitri something, he's going to be the the head of the monkey pox or an associate or something assistant monkey pox guy because he's gay. And once his name and information got out there. We found his Instagram and it's just pretty. I thought he was a stripper. He's he's pretty much naked throughout the whole thing. Sometimes he's just wearing leather pentagrams strapped to his chest. It's all it's all satanic imagery and Luciferianism. And it, this is just par for the course. So what do you, what does one need to do to be to, I mean, to be under the thumb of somebody else when this is just I, I, I don't know. And the worst part is that I think when that stuff comes out, nobody's going to really care about it. Like, it's not going to affect people at all. Like, well, they're working. They're working really hard on on whittling away the 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 buffer of appropriate action and interaction between men, adults and uh, and children. That's for sure. They're working on that constantly right now. However, 
given that we're on this topic, I want to say this. There was a movie. I, I, you know, I stopped watching Big Brother after the race stuff got brought into it this season. I did like a whole big thing when you were out one day on the show about it. They, they just quickly to summarize for you, Big Brother. Do you ever see the show before? No. It's a. It's like twelve random people. They stick them in a house. They cut them off from the outside world, and twenty four seven of their life is recorded and filmed. And then every week, somebody wins a competition. They become what's known as the head of household. And then they get to pick two people to evict. And then the rest of the people in the house vote which one of them leaves. And then by the end of the season, there's people in a jury sequestered that come in and decide the winner of the season out of the last two people remaining. Okay, that's basically the crux of the show. But in the show, the reason why I like it is because of the scheming and backroom deals and the alliances that form between people that are like unlikely and how they trick everyone. And it's just a very interesting escapade. And this last season, they formed an alliance and they did it. All of the black people got together and formed a race based alliance and they would not vote any of them out. And they only voted the white people out so that they would ensure that a black person won the season for the first time. And that just completely ruined the game. It just completely ruined it because there would be a crappy, horrible player and somebody would keep them in just because they weren't um, just because they were black. Yeah, and- it's like it's like Zen. What was that? His name Zendaya. Who was the guy? Who was the guy that uh, that was kept around? And it was like season four or five, something like that of American Idol. Oh, Sanjaya. 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 Yes. Yeah. Howard Stern. Howard Stern used his big terrestrial radio audience at that point to manipulate all the voting so everybody can keep this 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 really below par, even in a bar karaoke sense, singer on until the later rounds. All these more qualified singers getting kicked off. It's affirmative uh, action in full effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was just a joke. This also, I mean, affirmative action is a joke. What the hell is there? So so this season, there was a young Mormon kid named Kyle who like was led. He was he's he's not a Mormon anymore, but he led like a very sheltered life. Right. And so he saw a lot of the people of color banding together and, and said to one of the other house guests, hey, we need to look out for they named the alliance the season before the cookout. All the black people called themselves the cookout. So he was like, we need to be watching out for like a cookout style alliance this season. Well, the gay guy on the show waited until the very last minute when it was opportunistic for him to call Kyle a racist and make everybody hate him and make them vote him out. This poor kid, this poor kid was destroyed online. People attacking him, calling him all kinds of names. It was just terrible. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm done with it. So I stopped watching. However, before I stopped watching, they had like they do marketing stuff. So like the house guests who won a competition get to watch this movie. It was called Bros. Have you heard of this movie? Uh, I, I've I've seen the uh, I've seen it all. I haven't watched it, but I've seen all of the reception and the the bombing of it. And what's his name? Eichland's, uh the director's uh, uh, trying to lambaste uh, the majority of Americans yeah. who are straight for not wanting to watch his his gay porn. It's seriously, so this movie was shown, and they were all like laughing. Oh, this is so funny! And they showed some cutscenes of it, and Will and I were looking at each other like. This is not. They said it was like gra- there's graphic gay sex in this thing, and it's the, supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, and it's so it it was at the box office this weekend, twenty five million dollar film. However, it bombed like really bad because really, we're homophobic. 
all of us are homo- all of us are homophobic for not wanting to watch two men have sex. That's just not like we're not on the right side of history, obviously. But like literally the review is hysterical. Um it says this, this just means that the public at large had no interest in seeing not only a gay rom-com but one with graphic sex scenes. And it says um the whole movie has a tremendous amount, a tremendous amount of publicity and marketing, a blanketing that most films would give their popcorn up for. Um, and it says something at the last. It says um, this is an example of Hollywood being insulated from reality, even when it has the best of intentions. Best of intentions. Like what? What were the what? Like it what was, were the intentions? Nothing. Th- there is this whole part in the in the movie. I saw a clip of like where they're in the park having like a picnic, I guess, and some guys are playing flag football next to them, and they're having an argument, and the guys think there's about to be a fight, and these two guys who are having the picnic end up just like making out, like. It's just very it's it's like almost trying to cram it down your throat so that you will no pun normalize it. Uh, it, It's done the opposite because I come from a place personally where I just didn't I didn't care. I didn't really I got my own. As I told you before, I've got my own theories. And I think that when we talk about what's natural versus what is nurtured, the skew is way toward nurture at this point and has been for a long time. And it's because of overtures like this movie. Only thing is that at one point it used to be a lot more subtle, a lot more subtle. And now they're just trying to really ram jam and it's not working. It's, it's going the opposite direction. Like for example, I had a buddy of mine, Vinny, who, uh, you know, in high school, we smoked some weed and we're smoking weed for the first time. And every once in a while it was nice and I'm having fun with it. And then you have those couple of friends that all of a sudden they're just smoking all the time to the point where it actually turns it off. It's a turnoff for you. Mm-hmm. And then it, for years, I stayed away from it. And I was just like, I just I, I can't. This is it's just too much. It's a it's gross to me now. It's so much more gross than it ever has been. And um, because I, I just see a bigger machine behind it all. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, there are sex scenes, heterosexual sex scenes in movies, right? I don't even like those anymore. They're uncomfortable to watch. Like me and Will, when it, like we're watching, do, do, are you watching the new Game of Thrones? No. Oh my god, it's so good! It is I, so good. Yeah, I, I haven't. Um, it is really, really good. After the way Game of Thrones ended, it was. This is just a, a breath of fresh air. But they they show inappropriate things in there. So on Friday night, when Will and I get together in the in the in the room we're watching it and and a sex scene comes on and the noises and like the kids are out there so we're like lowering the volume it's uncomfortable <laughs> it's just yeah no i i never knew i think maybe because porn is so readily available and always always has been a it's just like okay i i find it so much more i find it so much more uh i can i can give the I can give it credit to writing to advance a storyline to give us some inference of or give us some kind of implication when characters are falling in love when you know by how they're going to cut scenes and all that how when they're going to become intimate when they're going to have sex what's happening an affair whatever the hell it is you can convey this stuff uh, they have so relied so heavily on getting every last one of their female actresses and when they can't do it they get body doubles they have relied so heavily like on HBO when I in high school and college, the great thing for me was whenever we we sat down to watch a new HBO 
series and some hot chick makes her her debut on screen like oh great we're gonna see her naked at some point you just know it's gonna happen yeah and and um but they rely so heavily on that to convey that characters are getting close or that they love each other it's it's just it's uncomfortable it's just like if you, if you if you really wanted to watch two people have sex and there's plenty of places on the internet to find that can you just write commit to some good storytelling it's no, crazy. We're going we're, I feel like like as a society, the good of uh, the good people of us anyway, are going backwards back to traditionalism, back to like purity, back to like morality. We're just tired of all the immoral nonsense. Um, Not to not to kind of segue incorrectly, but going back to the whole race component of things. Did you happen to see what Kamala Harris said over the weekend about um, hurricane relief? No. Oh, Lord, I'm going to play it. And it is the first of all, her statement in and of itself is racist. But of course, nobody will ever talk about that because why? Um, But somebody, uh, Barbara, in our in our locals pre-show had a good nickname for her. She did it completely without provocation. She called her Cammy. That's what she calls Kamala Harris, Cammy. So that's what I'm going to call her from now on because I kind of like that. Cammy. Yeah. Yeah. Cammy. So here she is at a DNC's a DNC women's uh, forum. Do they have men's forums? I don't know. I mean, the the men are, the men are pretty much women. Oh, that's true. I I think there should be, if they're going to do like, uh, that would be exclusionary. In in Democrat world, there's women. And then there is mixed. (laughs) Here she is. Listen to this. This is insane. Uh, Now, when, when this clip first aired, DeSantis's team jumped all over it and said, this is incorrect. You know, we're there. Don't listen to anything she said. I'm not going to give it away, but let's listen here. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And let's stop it there. Is she like she's basically saying that hurricanes are targeting underprivileged? I'm sorry, but Sanibel Island, from what I know, is not an underprivileged place to live. Fort Myers, either. Like, there's a mix of people there. Like, it's not just. What about Key Key Largo? That <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter to them. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if two people who have um, disparate amounts of money in their bank account have their lives steamrolled you know you have two human beings side by side one has more money than the other but they both get hit by a a, a hurricane a, a, a category four hurricane and everything's lost the fact that okay well i, I we understand that both of you've had your lives but you know you, you're black but, and, and, right and you're and you're born into this you are essentially born into this life of not having as much as the white person through no fault of your own, you no fault of your own. You know, that, that's why we try to abort you, by the way. <laughs> and and again, and the fact that the, the, the more they keep trying to explain this, the better they think that they look and the more caring that they look by saying that you are truly an infant who needs to be taken care of all along the way. You poor little thing is it's 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 horrendous. But they'll never they'll never get called out for it. Well, listen to the rest. And then they are called out for it. And 
she was confronted over the weekend about it and just ignored the reporter and walked away here. And absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities. Shut up. Um, and, and do that work. Yay. Yay. Let's only give aid to the, to the people that we can, that's privilege. That's not equity. That's what they're about. They're about creating privilege for some and responsibilities for other based on how they were born in superficial sense. So they are the the most racist people. They are eugenicists. They are racists. They are they are the most of everything that they say they hate. They're the most of it. It's and so obviously uh, DeSantis pushed back on this. Uh, Christina Pusha, who is the press secretary, said this is false. Uh, VP's rhetoric is causing undue panic and must be clarified. FEMA individual assistance is already available to all Floridians impacted by Hurricane Ian, regardless of race or background. If you need assistance, go to blah, 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 or call this number. And it's like, how could she? And she's fine with it. She really means that. That's not just a, a dog whistle. Like, I would not be surprised if if the Biden administration started making determinations about who's going to get the disaster recovery based on the color of their skin, wouldn't be surprised. And it just, and on the aborting babies topic, you're just so on, on it today with the, with the segues. I have um, Sandy, by the way, um, who was in a, who was in a uh, hearing talking to Planned Parenthood folks Um I have two clips from her, actually. This one, I think that this one is about her IUD. She she talks about her IUD in a in a hearing. Who? Uh, Ocasio Cortez, Sandy. She's got an IUD. We have to listen about. Apparently, she is practicing birth control, which is the way to avoid pregnancy. If I wasn't mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Like instead of just going out there and willy nilly having sex with anything with two legs, getting pregnant and then having an abortion as birth control, she's actually implementing some sort of methodology to stop her from getting pregnant. Wow. I mean, that's kind of. Well, she doesn't want to lose her figure. Here, I want to show you where this goes because it is the and she really believes this. Which is the thing that boggles the mind is that she's this uninformed. It is does not. Does she have her glasses on? She does. As Good a matter of fact, her. Kane from Citizen Free Press says, "No, Sandy, the glasses don't make you sound smarter." Yeah, she's the runt of the litter. <laughs> Here. Hmm. Oh, you know what happened? Uh, you know, I think it's important to state that um, that abortion is an economic issue, forcing poor and working class people uh, to give birth. Um, against their will, against their consent, um, against their ability to provide for themselves or a child is a profound economic issue. What certainly you're way past consent and will at that point. You're past it. I mean, it's not, it's not consent and will were already chosen. Workforce, uh, basically conscripted. Uh, to large-scale employers and to employers to be uh, to work more uh, against their will, to take second and third jobs against their desire and their own autonomy, 
And so the idea that oh, wow. um, that abortion and access to abortion is somehow not a profound and central economic and class issue and class struggle. The one that I wanted that used to be in this in this one is when she talks about her IUD and she says, you know, to the Planned Parenthood guy, you know, um, many of these states have outlawed abortions in the case of ectopic pregnancy, which is very prevalent with women who use IUDs. And the the Planned Parenthood director has to come out and say, actually, that's that's we've not heard of anything like that. An ectopic pregnancy is not a viable pregnancy. Like it's it's a life threatening medical emergency. An ectopic pregnancy is when an egg implants in the fallopian tube and is fertilized and begins. It cannot survive there, even if you if you didn't take care of that for the woman, the woman would die and there would never be a baby. There's no placenta there. There's no way to you see what I'm saying? They use they use ectopic pregnancies less and less because that that point has been made even by people on the left who are pro-choice because they can't defend it anymore. So they use it less and less, but they still they still try to lean on rape and incest, which is less than one percent. So even if we did all make an uh, an agreement that yes, we should we should leave some room open for people who are who have been assaulted by family members and gang members or whatever the hell else, then you're still talking about ninety nine percent of the abortion industry going away, which is an economic issue when you think about it, because the billions of dollars that is made on baby parts by the people who want these abortions to continue to flow in. They don't want that money to go away. And yeah, it is an economic issue. You're right. You dumb, you dumb runt. It, it, down below here, um, you know, she, I, and the thing that that nobody ever wants to put like they, they never get is their whole bodily autonomy thing as they like jam. They tie you down and force you to get vaccinated for for COVID-19. Like they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. They, 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 they want you to have your bodily autonomy when you are fully vaxxed and outside and having gay sex in a park. That's that's as long as you're having gay sex in a park, Speak- then you're celebrating your your bodily autonomy. Speaking of that, you know, what's crazy? Um, Joe Biden called a Coast Guard rescue swimmer who rescued a bunch of people in Florida Um he called the second class Zach Loesch on September 30th asking for a report on the Coast Guard's work and if they needed any additional support to accelerate rescues. They did that as a PR stunt to make it look as though they were reaching out to them to see what they needed and they cared so much and they were all involved. Well, the problem is this dude that he called is about to be fired because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Oh, so he says um, the guy said, I didn't want to bring that up on the call, but But he said, um, if I had asked any of the people I saved yesterday, if they wanted to come with me, even though I'm unvaccinated, every single one of them would have said yes. He's a he, he's a very well, I mean, he says Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, how, how much smarter can you get? It, 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 he says it just sucks that he thanked me if the vaccine mandate is what's kicking me out. I love my job. I'm really good at it. And I feel like this is the job I was born to do. Yeah. So get rid of that, dude. Who wants him? Who wants yeah, him? Yeah. Yeah, seriously, who needs him? Meanwhile, he's getting kicked out of kicked out of a, a job that is necessary, needed and requires skill by people who have no skill and nobody wanted. Imagine that Joe Biden, even though he doesn't, he's not big, uh, not a big decision maker, but his signature is worth a lot these days. Not just terrible, terrible. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, well, there was a um, football player. 
who posted a tweet that said, um, oh, here it is, J.J. Watt. He says, I was just told someone leaked some personal information about me and it's going to be reported on today. I went into AFib on Wednesday, had my heart shocked back into rhythm on Thursday, and I'm playing today. That's it. Jeez. He, oh, gosh. Perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, so in the Twitter, in the Twitter lawsuit, Frank, um, against, you know, like uh, Elon Musk is suing Twitter, trying to get out of this deal or whatever. A bunch of Elon Musk's tweets were, I mean, texts were released. And the Atlantic wrote a piece on them. And they share some of these texts back and forth between these billionaires. He's just texting with billionaires about things. And they're like basically sharing ideas and having little talks about things. And like their ideas are way outside the box. So like you can tell by their text messages, which these guys. So the author frames these people as stupid. He says Elon Musk is really not bright at all. He's dumb. And everybody else that he's talking to is really dumb, too. And he frames their text messages as those of people who have no idea what's going on and are completely outside their skis. Instead of looking at them as these entrepreneurs who are worth billions of dollars, they're idea people. They come up with crazy ideas and then they ferret the ideas down until they come up with something tangible and they create it. That's what they do. He, he's, he's scolding them for talking about how to make Twitter free speech friendly and also maybe blockchain related or how they can, you know, have people choose their own algorithm for what they want to see or like, you know, things that wouldn't necessarily be possible with Twitter, but they're, they're brainstorming about them. They're making that out to be a knock on these guys, like saying they're in their own little bubble and they're, they're billionaires and they don't know anything. Instead of making it out to be what it is, which is how people come up with really great businesses. Yeah. It's it's the 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 disdain is like dripping from this guy. He's so jealous. He's so jealous of the richest man in the world and the fact that he has these people clamoring for him all the time. Um jealous jealousy just drives so much of everything. Crazy. Like he really is. One of the text messages is um from a guy. Uh, I've never heard of Calacanis. I've never heard of him before, Jason Calacanis. But he said, um, just had the best idea ever for monetization. He, j- he wrote out of the blue before suggesting a way that Twitter users could pay Twitter in order to spam their followers with promotional DMs. So like have the DMs become a marketing tool. Okay, you want to make money for a platform? That's a good idea. You know, you have a million followers and the ones who have DMs open, you want to send them a quick ad, a personal message? Okay. I mean, I guess you can. It doesn't it doesn't work. That that that's not being effective back in the MySpace days. Yeah. It it, it won't work. And and you know, they are out of touch in some ways about how they think about what normal people do. But the next one is imagine we ask Justin Beaver typo autocorrect to come back and let him DM his fans. He could sell one million in merchandise or tickets instantly. Would be insane. He wrote, apparently adding an unfortunate instance of autocorrect to the historical record. Like, you've never written something. Like, how many times have you typed the F word and had it autocorrect to duck? I, all the time. I mean, like, sometimes I'm in a tirade and I'm pissed off and I'm texting someone and I'm like, effing, effing, evidence. It's duck, 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 duck. Ducking, ducking, ducking. <laughs> I, it, it ha- I know. I know. It you think that they would learn. All this artificial intelligence, they can't learn that I'm not. I'm not obsessed with ducks. 
Okay. And the worst part, uh, the worst part is when you use one accidentally, it keeps remembering that you used it. So like, for example, when my husband says, I love you to me, I always say, I love you, M-A-W, like maw, because it's a, it's an inside joke we have. And it started auto-correcting it to May, M-A-E. So I was writing, I love you, May. <laughs> I love you, May West. Well, it's funny because he started putting a picture of May from WWE in our all the time. And then in another personal quick funny story, Viv, uh, my daughter Viv, found an old picture of herself. I'm going to show it to you, Frank, where she had cut her middle finger. And I had said, Viv, show me your boo-boo. And took a picture of her. And she looks like this. You can't see it. Oh. <laughs> so wow, she, this, 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 oh, I, I can't see her, but man, I've never seen her that young. Oh, yeah. There's her face. Do you see how happy she is? Yeah, she looks angry. She looks like she's pissed and she's got her little middle middle finger, finger with a little band-aid around it, like f- giving the middle finger to the camera. So like now every time she asks me something and I tell her no, she sends me that picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one to have on hand. <laughs> she just, zoop, that's her meme for me now. Every time I tell her no to something. Anyway, um, what was my next thing here? Got the gay thing. I got that. Well, you know, going back all the way back to uh, blackmail and, and, and where we are and moving away from, you know, traditional forms of scandal. A, that's why we said, that's why it was so hilarious when people tried using the whole Stormy Daniels thing against Donald Trump as if anybody can. We, we already knew who we were voting for and they were voting for a Clinton. That's number one. Number two, you remember Cheryl Atkinson's testimony about what the FBI tried doing to her husband with the child porn? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. This is this is I mean, they they know what is not going to budge, what is not going to move the needle with the court of public opinion anymore. So they did that to Joshua Schulte as well, allegedly. The one we've talked about, the CIA uh, Vault 7 guy. Yeah, I didn't know Who was convicted, by the way. That's how they got him initially. They went in there and found child porn on his computer in the page file. They did that for, what's his name too? Stephen Paddock's brother. Yes. Yes. And. Close the book on that real quick. On like a a Windows 95 computer. (laughs) Two things in the legal realm. One thing is, um. Adam, who I I take back everything nice I've ever said about him, um, by the way, Adam sent me a link to Barnes and Viva Fry. And he told me, if you have time, they hit on four stories in a row last night that are mind blowing. So in the legal realm, the one that I want to talk about right now that I haven't looked into yet is that that L.A. security box suit was dismissed. Really? The one we were just talking about. So did everybody get their tens of millions back? It was dismissed, meaning no, they can't. Oh, oh, opposite way. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. I don't know why or what the reasons are. I have to take a look. But there are, are, are pretty much three or four stories in here that are absolutely insane. And then, you know, the trial of the Oath Keepers starts this week, right? No. The seditious conspiracy trial starts this week in D.C. of the Oath Keepers. Stuart Rhodes. This is getting insane. Of course, it's insane. They have no prayer in this trial of of making it out without conviction, in my opinion. No prayer. They're guilt. They're going to be guilty. There is nothing they could say or do. No evidence they could show 
that would stop a jury in D.C. from convicting them of seditious conspiracy. I would be stunned otherwise. However, there's this one defendant whose name is, um, I've talked about him on the show before. His name is, Kel, uh, not Kelly Meggs, um, Jeremy Brown. And he was, in, he was in Florida. And anyway, long story short, they accused him of being in this RV he lived in and going up to D.C. and participating in the seditious conspiracy. He was arrested on weapons charges in Florida because of some guns that he had. And they found, uh, allegedly found his grenades that he had brought with him in a backpack in his, in his trailer that he inhabited for eight or nine months and like traversed and went in and out of with some other guy who's also charged for eight or nine months. And okay. they ran a DNA test on it. Cause he, he, he said, it's not his. He's like, that's not mine. I don't own grenades. I don't own that backpack. That is not my stuff. They planted that stuff. That's his claim. So they did this whole big DNA examination on it. They found zero of his DNA on them. Zero. On the whole thing, they found zero of his DNA. Not one. And this is supposed to be a backpack that's been existing in a trailer that he has inhabited for nine months. Okay? Impossible. The judge is not letting it in. How do you... Uh, They just did a, a renewed motion today to try and get it in. I mean, like, how do you not allow that? How? It's it's gotten to the point where I I have like I have two main two main goals a lot of lot of lot of intensive and very big goals but two main goals is stay the hell out of a hospital and don't get into any legal trouble overpay your taxes yeah. who cares who cares life is short just just stay just 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 stay away from everybody because if you are ever in a position where your life is somehow in the hands of this system, my God, you're screwed. And, and especially if you don't check any boxes, if you are, if you're not a, a a Democrat donor, if you're the wrong color, if you're heterosexual, I mean, it all it just stacks up against you, and then you're made into a mark. Freaking terrible. Just yeah, terrible. man. I just like, want everything. Everything you just say, everything you report on in this respect, I'm just like. All, all I th- all I think about is I got to stay away from all these people. You know, the whole jury of your peers thing is absolute nonsense at this point. Yeah. Like they're what peers you have enemies and friends. That's it. There's no one objective. They go in, they lie on their questionnaires. You have enemies, your friends and you have enemies, friends and your enemies own the system. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're asking for preferential treatment. We just want fairness. Like you and I both want to see criminals go to jail if they've committed a crime. And right. I don't mean a crime like, oh, I accidentally jaywalked the other day. And then you see people getting let out on $50,000 bail for killing someone with political motivation. And other people being stuck into, like, people who have committed a misdemeanor trespass being in solitary confinement for nine months. Insane. Every victory that goes against their desires and their narratives is a, a change in precedent that cannot be allowed there is it is a, um, a a a buffering that they cannot. It's just everything. They have to be so protective over over what every victory in court means. Terrible. Well, that's it for today, Frank. I'm gonna miss you the rest of the week, but I hope you have a good trip. Uh, it's gonna be exactly what the doctor orders. 
Yeah, go so, enjoy in the mountains. Yeah, but I, but I can't wait to get on back to work and enjoy the rest of October. We're going to be doing our thing live uh, later on in the month. So there's a lot of cool changes uh, coming. I, I think they should be it should make for an interesting holiday season. Yeah, for sure. I can put some Christmas lights up on that board back there. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to do something. I could take that down, actually. Um, you have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans! You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We will be... Well, I'll be back here on Wednesday. Later. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 